This is the Worker Experience, a podcast that's speaking directly to employees. Hosted by Edgar Jatu, Executive Director of Workplace Fairness, an advocacy organization that developed and maintains the number one free online resource for workers' rights information. Let's get to work. Hi, everyone. This is the Work Experience, a podcast that's speaking directly to, to employees, hosted by me, Edgar Jatu, Executive Director of Workplace Fairness, an advocacy organization that developed and maintains the number one free online resource for workers' rights information. Today, um, we're going to be joined by Dr. Lois Ashley Hunter-Fowler, who is the Executive Director and Global Initiatives Officer at the Trans Women of Color Collective an organization whose mission is to uplift the narratives, lived experiences, and leadership of trans and gender non-conforming people of color, their families and comrades as we build towards collective liberation for all oppressed people. Originally from Detroit, Dr. Hunter Fowler has served as a catalyst for change for nonprofit organizations, community organizing initiatives, and legislative campaigns for communities for over 25 years. Laura's work is rooted in dismantling systems of oppression while creating and cultivating tools that work towards collective liberation for all oppressed people. For more information on Dr. Lords, you can check out her bio um, on the Trans Women of Color Collective website. So Dr. Lords, thank you so much for joining us today. And why don't you introduce yourself a little bit more and introduce the work that your organization does. Thank you so much for having me. It's an exciting time right now. And um, I'm delighted to be able to be here to share the work that we're doing and shed light on some of the issues that our community is facing today. I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan, born and raised, grew up in the UAW uh, Auto Workers Union and have been organizing since then. Um, I'm super excited to be here. Um, super excited to talk about my work, even though you know I'm modest and humble. It's hard to talk about my work because my mom raised me that way. Like we don't boast, but at some point we need to be patted on the back, and that's not a problem, especially for Black folk. We need to be congratulated for the work that we do. So I'm super excited to talk about Trans Women of Color Collective, the work we're doing globally, the work we're doing locally, and thank you for having me. Thank you, Dr. Lord. And so tell us more about the Trans Women of Color Collective. What are your main initiatives and, and what are some successes you've, you've experienced recently? Oh my God. Trans Women of Color Collective was built on the backs of our ancestors. The organization was created behind the death of Alain Netos in 2013, a Black trans woman who was murdered just walking down the street. And she was murdered in front of a police station. And so the community galvanized and came together to create an initiative that supports the work, the lives, the leadership of Black trans women, our families, our comrades, um, and it's been an exciting journey um, from 2013 to now. We have moved from doing organizing and protests and sit-ins to now having retreat spaces. We have two retreat spaces in Jamaica, 
We have a retreat space in Maryland. We've traveled 20 countries doing anthropological studies, just healing spaces for the community to come together during this time of violence and treachery and debauchery that is happening. Like, how do we come together through art, through our voices? How do we demonstrate outside of the norm, outside of government? How do we come together outside of what the world has to offer? How do we create our own? And that's what Tea Walk is about, creating our own, lifting our voices, and not just trans voices, all the people around us. Because if I'm not free, nobody is free. So we are working to like create spaces of liberation and revolution, not just for trans people, not just for queer people, but for our families, for our friends, because we want us all to be free. And that's what Tea Walk is about. We creating spaces, curating spaces where our community members can enjoy, can debrief, can release, and just be themselves because that is not a space that is here for Black folk. And we can't wait for the government to do that. We have to do that for ourselves. So that's what Tea Walk is about. Thank you, Dr. Lords. At Workplace Fairness, we're trying to highlight, um, in particular, voices from the um, transgender community. Transgender rights have been in the news recently, um, and particularly when it comes to trans women of color. Can you maybe discuss some of the, maybe some of the successes that trans women of color collectively have experienced, and also some of the challenges that trans women of color also are still facing in society? The challenges of getting a job, holding being able to pay your rent, being able to get housing, healthcare. These are basic issues that not just trans people face, but all people face. But trans people face it disproportionately because we are targeted by state-sanctioned violence. There are laws out here that says, no, you cannot have this. No, you do not have access to basic things. Like I said, healthcare, housing, people are denying us the very right to live, yet we continue to break those barriers and those challenges through the work that we do. Some of the successes we've had, my God, being able to provide housing for trans people who are artists, who are creators, who are innovators outside of the boundaries of six-section violence, being able to pay folks rent and be there for folks, just food. There's work to be done, even during Pride, while people are celebrating on their white parties and celebrating um, something that was a struggle. It was a battle. Stonewall was a battle. And now we have corporate founders and corporate foundations wanting to say, oh, happy Pride. But how are you pouring into the community? How are you building sustainability for us? Right, we're not asking for handouts, we're here to work. But at the same time, we need to recognize and acknowledge that there have been barriers put up. That we can't even, we can't even walk out our house and not even know that we're gonna come back home. Like at any moment, my mother could re receive a phone call to come and identify my body. And that is not something anybody should have to live with. But we do, and we push forward, and we thrive, 
We're providing housing, we're providing food, we're providing shelter, we're providing spaces for LGBTQ people, and particularly Black and Brown people, to find their light, to find their joy, and bask in that glory with other people like them. So every day I wake up, I'm like, oh, it's another day to create change. It's another day to provide an opportunity for somebody. I have work to do. So that's what we're doing. Um, thank you for that, Dr. Lord. And in kind of shifting to workplace issues specifically, because that's you know what workplace, workplace change is about. Can you, can you, you know, talk to us about um, ways that trans women of color are still experiencing issues in the workplace um, and, and, and things, and maybe any anecdotes you want to share? Trans women of color don't even have an entry point to the workplace. No one will hire us. No one, unless we're fitting the mold. And when I say that, we're, we're appearing and acting and presenting as cis people. We cannot be ourselves in the workplace, unfortunately, or we'll lose our job. If we lose our job, we lose our livelihood. We can't feed our families. We can't move. We can't be productive. So oftentimes we have to shift and be, you know, these modes of people of cis people when actually we're someone else. So discrimination, like I haven't worked in a, a nonprofit organization in over 15 years because of that, that violence that happens, like we cannot be ourselves. There are no protections, there are no protocols for trans people. And not that we have to need special protocols or protections, everybody deserves that. It's not about trans people. It's about everybody being able to come to work, to do their job, to be supported, to be uplifted every single day. And that's not happening. So I don't want, I don't want to make this about a trans issue. This is about all of us. We all need to be supported and, and uplifted in our jobs, in our work, in the things that we do that we love. So it's not just happening to trans people, but we are the only ones speaking up. Cis people are not speaking up for their rights because they know they have to feed their family, they have to take care of home. But that's not right. That's not right. We should be all be respected, uplifted, and supported, and elevated in the work that we love to do. And that's not happening. And it's unfortunate that trans people have to speak up because now we're being targeted you know, as whistleblowers, you know, things like that. When all of us need to speak up, we all deserve to come to work with a smile on our face. We need to wake up happy and enjoying and ready to go change the world. And that's not happening. So trans people are going to speak up because we've been fighting our whole lives. And so we're encouraging others to join in the fight so we all can have equity and be happy when we go to do the work that we love. Thank you for that. And in building on, on this question and your responses, can you identify any parts of the economy that trans, trans women of color are making some strides or is it still um, a lot of barriers that, that you're seeing across the board? 
there will always be barriers. Um, the country we live in was built on a barrier. <laughs> They're trying to build a barrier now in Mexico <laughs> to block <laughs> other people from living their best lives. So there were all there are barriers. Yes, economic capitalism is a whole barrier. <laughs> but we must continue to come together as a community and build community outside of the barriers because they will still exist. White supremacy exists, colonialism exists. It's not going away today. But what we can do as a community is create spaces and curate spaces for us to come together outside of the norm to build that happiness, to build that joy, because it's not gonna happen in the workplace. The workplace is not a place for joy at this moment. So we need to go to work, we need to do what we need to do. But when we leave work, we need to make sure we're curating and spaces for us to come together as a community because the workplace is not the answer for our joy. We are the answer for our joy. And we need to recognize that. The workplace is a place where we collect coin to pay for our lives. It is what it is. Yeah. But we can create joy outside of the workplace. And we need to focus on that. Um, we manage the workplace. When we get home, we have joy. Um, do you have any advice um, for anyone, particularly employers, on how to uh, create workplaces that are more supportive of trans uh, or transgender individuals and particularly trans women of color? My advice would be to ask them, do you even have trans people at your workplace? If you don't, that's a problem. Like, what are you doing? You're alienating people who actually need to live. So encouraging more spaces that are welcoming to trans people, to all people, is a first step. Creating policies where we're, we're accepting of everyone, you know, um, and inviting trans people to come and apply because trans people don't want to work there if they don't see people like them. I don't want to work at a place that, where there are no, no trans people. I have nobody I can talk to. Right. Nobody who looks like me, nobody in leadership like me. Why would I want to be there? People aspire to jobs because they see people like them thriving in those positions. If you don't have trans people in leadership, you need to start there. Um, you need to start with policies and procedures that is accepting and welcoming of all people. Trans people don't want to work there if there's no anti-bullying policy, there's no anti-violence policy, why would I want to come work there? There's no protection for me. So being able to start there by creating policies, creating positions where trans people are in leadership and they see themselves, that's the only way to be inviting to trans people. Because I know I, I would never work at a place where there are no trans people. Who am I going to talk to in the bathroom at the water cooler? Since people don't understand this journey, they can relate. And that's fine, but where do I see my aspiration? And that's really important, especially for the young generation. They wanna see themselves reflected in leadership. Otherwise, they're not gonna be bothered. Well, thank you for that, Dr. Lords. From your perspective, where do you see the movement to have a more inclusive society for trans individuals going? That's a big question. 
my goal is to focus on the work that I'm doing. I can't wait for anyone to create a path for me. I have to create it for myself and for the people coming behind me. And that's the message that I'm putting forward for everyone. Create that path. You cannot wait for someone to, else to create it for you. So where I see us in a movement is us creating our own path and pushing through outside of government, outside of state sanctioned violence, creating those spaces for ourselves, for our comrades and community, because that's the only way it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, you've spoken a lot about the community work you, you and your organization does, um, particularly for trans women of color. Um, can you talk about some of the restorative justice work you've done um, and the impacts it has on your communities that you serve? Wow. Restorative justice is my heart. Being able to put people back where they came from or put them in a place where they've never been, that is my dream. Every day I dream of that. So from our artist residency in Jamaica, our artists, our safe havens that we have, our farm, giving people the joy that they need in their lives, what they ask for is what we do. It's one thing to like create all these programs and create all these systems, but what did the people ask for? They didn't ask for all that. What they asked for was food. They asked for a job. They asked for a way to support their families. So we work with them to achieve their goals, what they say they need. And that's what's important. It's not about me. My husband always tell me, it's not about me, it's not about you, it's not about us. And I'm like, we're the dream. My husband is a Jamaican and like our marriage in itself is illegal. He said, it's not about us. It's about us providing a vision for others and helping their vision come to fruition. And that's the work that we do. I can't name item one, item two, item three. It's what the people say. The people say I need food, so let's help them start a farm. The people say I need a job, let's help them get the skills so they can get employed. Let's connect them with employers. The people say I need housing, let's find, let's create a program where we can implement housing into our artist residency. So we're here for the people. And that brings me joy every day I wake up, I'm able to do something else and Every day I wake up is an opportunity to not only help others, but to help myself, right? Because yeah. I, can't, I, can't, I can't suffer. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. I must thrive so others can know they are thriving too, or they can thrive as well. So it's not just about me, it's about others, but it's also about me. That's awesome. That, that's amazing. Um, and kind of building on that, you mentioned that when people come to you looking for a job that you find ways to help them um, get that. So can you describe some of the um, work you've done in helping with job placement or building skills to help Absolutely. people find work? Just last night, a young man who's seeking asylum from Jamaica called me and was like, I'm in a situation and I need to get out of it. And I'm like, what are your skills? What can you do? And he told me what his skills were. And it just so happened that I'm having a garden party in a couple of weeks. 
selling art, uh, displaying our artist residency, uplifting artists from all over the country with their um, Black-owned um, creations, Black-owned, uh, Black-run businesses. We're going to host them at our villa here in Maryland. And he's like, I can make these tables. And I met him in Jamaica. And he sought asylum to the US. And he's like, I need to get out. I need, I said, listen, bring your art to the residency. We're having an event in two weeks. You can meet people, you can, you can network, and you can find your place up here in the north. And he was like, I'm staying in a hotel room. I have nowhere to go. I'm here by myself. And I was like, come, you can stay here in our artist residency, we have a room for you. You can bring your art. He went on Amazon, it was last night, late at night. He's finding his products. He's having his products shipped here to the villa and he will be at the display we're having in two weeks. So we move like that. What you need, how can I help you? We move like that. So he'll be able to display his art at the event and he will be able to sell his art as well and make new clients on his own. So that's what we do. We, pre we present the foundation. We help folks the way we can. And that's that happened last night. I was in my bed sleeping and a community member called me out the blue, 1030 at night. And I called my husband, my husband was sleeping. He said, go ahead, do it. <laughs> and that's how we work. No board oversight, nobody telling us, oh, this needs to be approved. The community needs help. We help where we can. So that's an example of the work that we do. Um, in the moment, in the moment, right? I'm in my bed sleeping and a community member says, I need help. And I said, what can you do? What can you pour? We can pour too. Yes. Well, that's amazing. That's an amazing story. Um, and I think really highlights the work you do for people in the community. So thank you for sharing that. And thank you so much for your time today. And I guess one or two final questions for you. How can people find you and support your work? Awesome. You can look at us on our website, www.twocc.us. And you can look at our work and look at what we're doing. We don't boast or brag. It's just there you know, just to be there. Like we do this work, it's not about, it's not about accolades and things like that. We do it to do it. And you can support us by clicking that donate button, especially now more than ever, because we don't do this work under government funding. We do this work under private donors and the sweat off my back. We have no funding whatsoever. Like I go out and I work, and I pour that money into our organization and other people do the same. And so we encourage folk to support our work and work like ours, even in your local neighborhood. If you don't know anybody, you can support us as well, but check out your local neighborhood. There's trans organizations all over the country um, who are doing this groundbreaking work, grassroots work, you know, outside of organizations, outside of government. But I encourage you, go to www.twalk.us. Look at what we're doing. We have funds, community funds. We have funds for folks going to college. We have funds for people who are just trying to pay their bills. 
and you can click on them and you can join us in this journey. Well, thanks so much, Dr. Lewis, for joining us today um, at the podcast. And thank you so much for all the tremendous work you're doing in the world. And we'll talk to you soon, hopefully. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Worker Experience Podcast with your host, Edgar Jatu. This episode was produced by Alea Arison and edited by Haikun Wang. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from Workplace Fairness, you can follow us on all major social media platforms. If you would like to donate to Workplace Fairness, please head to the link in the show notes or text write at 53555 to give. Thanks again and hope you tune in next time.